You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, your daily delivery of all things dog pound. We're going to continue through here with, um, obviously, your your combine prep on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, We're going to do quarterbacks and tight ends together here. Um, We're not going to go into too much detail on the quarterback position, A, there's not too much to go into great detail about. B, uh, this is the one positional group that we can say that there's probably not much of a need here. Um, hey, maybe somebody day three just uh, hang around and make sure, you know, Baker's Coffee's got the uh, correct amount of cream or sugar in it or whatever, anything of that nature. But then, of course, we're going to hit to what is a very exciting tight end group. Uh, Pete Smith joining, as always. Um, I'd have to say, Pete, I, I guess the highlight, from the quarterback workouts, it's going to be Kyler Murray. It's going to be, first off, it's going to be what does Kyler Murray do? Um, if he does anything at all, you've kind of already gone on record as saying maybe he shouldn't do anything and try not to stand anywhere near Dwayne Haskins. Um, the, the height is what it is. Uh, look, I mean, he's going to come in uh, south of 5'10". I hope nobody's going to wow about it because we know he's not five, We know he's shorter than 5'10". Um, but if he's going to go out there and go throw for throw with these guys, he's certainly capable of doing that and probably the dominating most of these guys in this realm at the Combine. Well, uh, this all depends on what he's actually been doing the past couple months. I mean, if if if, if he's been, you know, even though if, if he wasn't saying it, that he's been 100% on football and he's been throwing the entire time and getting ready for it, then Godspeed. I mean, go ahead and compete. If, if, you know they were they were legitimately wavering on this decision, and he was sort of just general, genuine, generally staying in shape and not really focusing on one thing or the other. I would say, don't. I mean, you know, get, get you want to put your best foot out there. I mean, I always want guys to compete, certainly, but I mean, this is a situation where, you know, he could he could legitimately look bad because he hasn't been working on it, and that could actually hurt him. Um, so. They've already, I guess there's already been rumblings about the possibility he wouldn't throw. That is my expectation of what's going to happen. Uh, he may do, you know, just the 40 or something along those lines because he can do that and, and, and certainly put up a, a really nice number and get people buzzing about him and stuff and then save the throwing for the pro day. I mean, that, that may be the best strategy for him. Knock out the physical testing you need to do and then focus entirely on, on the throws. Uh, for when you, when when everybody comes to watch you in Norman, and and here's the best part though is obviously because everything in the combine you know is done by alphabetical order, so everybody you know it trickles down in order. But the best part of this is going to be Dwayne Haskins and then Tyree Jackson going back to back and everything, because everybody else they're just going to look like children around these two guys. Yeah, J- Jason. Uh, Haskins and uh, Jackson are not that far from. Murray either. That's 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 where you got to be a little worried. No, that's true. I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, Trace McSorley there's too, so that's not going to help him too much. Um, but you know, I, I, I believe it should favor Haskins. Uh, Tyree Jackson. It's something you're going to look to. I, I know. You know, we both like the arm. We think there's a lot there that still needs to be worked on. And you know, we had talked about this during the Senior Bowl. Is he's never really got what some of these other quarterbacks do. They've got private coaches by sophomore year in high school, this, that, and the other thing. It, it was never the case for Tyree Jackson, so it's going to be interesting to see 
you know, how much they've been able to help with the footwork in having, you know, the hips and the shoulder and the neck and everything being line in line as he goes through the, you know, this workout. Right. Um, it's an interesting situation for him because, you know, being so tall, he he's had, you know, with different throws, he's had different sets of mechanics and what has he been doing the past couple months? Is it, has he, he's, he finally sort of honed in on one set of mechanics that he, that when he goes out there and throwing to receivers that he won't know uh, of all different shapes and sizes, that he's going to have one uniform set of mechanics, or is he going to get caught in a trap where, you know, one, one, uh, one time he's got a guy like, uh, um, Greg Dorch, uh, you know, five foot, nine type receiver and then the next one he's throwing to a guy like dk metcalf for example and has you know does he throw two different ways to those different guys um that that's the trap i could potentially see him falling into but if he's consistent this could be the type of venue where people go wow and and really fall in love with him because the ball will you know especially if, if they if they air it out will explode out of his hands and certainly um, I think this is a great venue for Dwayne Haskins, especially because they don't ask you to do too much in terms of rolling out. And when you put him in the pocket and you just let him uh, take a couple steps and fire it, he's going to look basically at his best uh, and, and certainly look good from that standpoint. And, and you know, it, at the very least, confirm what teams think of him there, but could certainly wow and, and, and you know, remind people why he was – thought of at least before we got into the whole Kyler Murray thing, why he was considered the, the no doubt first quarterback in this class. Uh, I, I still think if you're going to rank them, he is, uh, you know, somebody may fall in love with Kyler Murray and everything else that he can bring you. Uh, I mean, you know, the size, there's a question. There's just no way around it. Obviously we've spoken about this and the way it's going to be key. Um, but with Jackson, the one thing I, you know, did, you know, Josh Island, it's, it's kind of where combine is where it did it for him. And which was weird because everybody knew he was a big, tall kid who, you know, had a big, strong arm. But it kind of did it. Um, I don't know much else here. Look, and it's hard to say what you're going to get. And maybe it's because, and we're not looking (laughs) for anything here. So, you know, know, watching the quarterbacks the way I have it, you know, nothing has wowed me. But maybe that's also because of the point of we watched so much last year. And it was like, well, God, a lot of these guys are better than anything we have now. That's not the case this year. It's certainly not the case. So, uh, Pete, I'll let you close here before maybe uh, you know shift it on over to what is a ridiculous and immense tight end group. Yeah, shout out to uh, Giovanni Ruiz, who's been one of the people who's been pushing us to talk AAF. All right, go for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Luis Perez. He, you know, of of my Birmingham Iron, uh, certainly. You know that he's. These guys could be sort of an extension of this class. And, you know, you're not drafting them, obviously, but, you know, they may give them another a- avenue for a team that's looking for potentially a practice squad guy or, or camp arm, somebody who makes things interesting. I mean, uh, you know, Ben Albright was, was very big on Luis Perez when he came out. I believe Texas Commerce is where he played. You know, if you've watched any AAF games with him involved, you've heard the semi-pro bowling story and all that about three or four times. <laughs> uh, but he, he's been pretty good. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. And, it, you know, you don't have to use draft assets. You can sign him with the seasons over. So, you know, for, for that, when you have when you have Baker Mayfield, and, you know, he's the show. And, and if he goes down, that's it. 
then you're in a position where you, you, you can potentially take a guy and see if it works. And if not, you can, you can cut them at the end of it and move on, which may be right up their alley. All right, guys. Maybe we'll sneak this in a little bit here. Uh, guys, I, I told you, it, it, it's still tough for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm just having a hard time. Maybe, you know, maybe after the combine, whatever, maybe as it picks up a little bit, it, it's it's just not wetting the whistle for me, guys. Um, iTunes, rating reviews, guys. Uh, please, drop me a five-star. Drop me a written. Take care of that for me right now, guys. Appreciate it kindly. Uh, tight end group. Um, whether it's a big school, whether it's a small school, whether it's SEC, whether it's out west, there's a bunch of them. There, it's it's insanely deep. Uh, all you know, look, I mean, more built of the modern day of everybody can kind of receive the ball. You know, everybody may need a little work here and there with blocking things of that nature. Um, but I mean, just at it, this group at its core, and I guess maybe you could start. You know, in the SEC, whether it's Irv Smith, you know, whether it is uh, Dawson Knox out of Mississippi, whether it is Isaac uh, Isaac Nwata out of Georgia. Uh, Pete, this is this is the class here, and, and we'll get to your guy. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, but th- th- it's one of those, and we, we've mentioned this before, It's I don't know if we necessarily need a tight end, but when there's this much and there's going to be discounts, you're certainly in the market. Right. Uh, you just – they're difficult to defend. I mean, guys like 6'4", 6'5", 240, 250, 260 pounds, and you can run, there's not a whole lot of answers to that. Um, specifically, but at first things first, I think you have to divide these guys into categories. There's the guys who are, you know, the traditional Y, the inline blocker type. There's the, you know, proliferation of these H back slash space tight ends. Uh, and then there's the guys that can, you know, just do whatever. Um, uh, you know, I think a, a lot depends on what you sort of feel like the Browns want. Uh, personally, I think they're more suited to grab a, a, a true inline guy to sort of free up Najoku to do more of what he likes to do anyway. It's not re- to, su- not to suggest... You got to rest the playmaker sometimes, too. It's not to suggest that he is... Uh, he can't do it because clearly he's shown he's gotten better at it, but I just think, you know, it, it, you can either put both two guys in line, like with him and Fells, or you, you can do some other things where you can put him out in space. Um... So when you get to Irv Smith, he's he's that classic uh, inline guy. He's pretty good. I don't think he's quite as good as maybe some people make him out to be. Uh, versus a guy like Jay Sternberger, who is, you know, Jeff gives me crap all the time, you know, on it. I don't know if he's done it on the show, but definitely off the show about me finding Mike Mike Jacecki this year. That is what this dude is. I mean, Jay Sternberger is an H-back. Um, he will get in the way. Um, but what what really stands out about him is when you let him run and go make plays. And, and you could make the argument that he could be a receiver, like a straight-up receiver. Um, and it's such could, a great story. And it's a great story. I mean, how you're just doing nothing at Kansas and you show up somewhere, you know, obviously, you know, well, a better level school. I don't want to say higher level. And they're like, yeah, we'll find a use for you. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Kansas, the program's been pitched for the years. And maybe you can understand where, you know, you're going to have some questions with the blocking because if he wasn't, he wasn't doing anything at Kansas. So, you know, obviously that's going to be the last thing to come around. But, I mean, just fun athlete, great the ball in his hands. I forget who it was put out this, this stat the other day, but it was like, 
I think it was seven of the 11 games, he had a minimum of a 20-yard reception, and there were like three 30s, two 40s. Just, I mean, good player, fun player. And I don't know if, I mean, as much as we all talked about it, oh, this guy might be a sleeper. I don't think it's a sleeper anymore. This guy's probably going to end up going top 50. He could. Uh, there's no question. And, and again, you know, depending on the team, you may have people talk themselves into him as, as more of a receiver. And, you know, and I, I don't hate the idea, certainly. It, it's like when we talk about Debo Samuel and saying, well, they already have Callaway, you know, and they're very similar styles of receiver. You know, Jay Sternberger looks a lot like Njoku. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not against the argument that, you know, you like one Njoku. How about two? Um, Jay Sternberger could do that. And I, if you and can't I think cover it, one of them, there's no way you're going to be co- cover two of them. Right. So. And, and I think in some ways, and, and we've talked about it and we don't really know the answer, but we've speculated. If, if for whatever reason they don't love Seth the Valve or it's just not going to happen with Seth the Valve, if you watch Jay Sternberger, particularly the way they use him as sort of that wing H-back guy that pulls around and blo- lead blocks or is a receiver, you know, he may be what you would have would hope, maybe still hope, or what you would have liked to see Seth the Valve become. Um, and, and in some respects, you can almost make the case that he's a more natural receiver than Njoku in terms of uh, in how he gets in and out of breaks, uh, like on out routes and stuff, where Njoku's much better as a vertical guy. And, and Jay Sternberg cer- certainly has that. But he's interesting, and he is a playmaker. And uh, you know, maybe he, he goes in the top 50. I mean, it's not impossible to see a guy like that that go all the way to the third round. But I, I just think, you know, there's too many teams that are, are getting creative with this type of player that they're going to grab him. Um, other SEC guys, we talked about Nada before. I, I, I want to see more because I want to, you know, see what people like about him. He's reasonably productive, uh, nice-looking athlete. You know, not great size, but good size. Dawson Knox, you know, he's one I don't really get to this point. I haven't seen anything that really convinced me. But the guy who's, who's probably going to get the least attention out of this group that I, I, I'm interested in, even though he didn't produce really much at all at LSU, is Foster Moreau uh, from LSU. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl in terms of blocking and his size and his ability to run. You know, I don't expect he's going to go early at all. I'm not even sure he'll get drafted. But in terms of a athletic guy who could potentially contribute somewhere, you know, he's a guy I'd keep my eyes on in terms of, you know, testing and that type of stuff. You know, he's definitely an interesting name. Uh, you know, and we've kind of got over this, obviously, with the old Miss guys. Complete mismanagement of every asset they had in the building. Um, so Knox, he's going to have to catch every ball that's thrown to him. He's going to, it, it looks and appears that everyone speaks that he's going to test very well. Um, but it's going to be an interesting because you just, you, you don't have much production or much part of him being a focal point of a passing game. So he's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball on that one. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go to the, the lead dog here. And you know, I, I guess you can't mention one Iowa tight end without mentioning the both of them. Um, as much as I like, uh, Fant and I, and I do believe I, you know, there's some Eric Ebron to him. But you're talking true, traditional, going to be able to do everything from the tight end position, uh, running routes, catching the ball, you know, beating contact. He, uh, we'll start with TJ Hawkinson. He gives me a Jeremy Shockey vibe, and I, I just, I think the sky's the limit. I do just have a little bit of worries about how much you can put on a redshirt sophomore's plate as a rookie in the NFL at the tight end position. 
But, you know, this guy is the top tight end in this class, and you can just, whatever you want to do, just go ahead and deal with your arguments for number two and three. Right. So the big reason I love TJ Hawkinson and would happily consider him at 17, you know. Um, Which seems like almost like a foregone conclusion. It ain't a shot in hell at this point. It's because he does everything. It's, you know, we, you know Jay Sternberg, he's a receiving tight end. You know, a guy like a, a Caden Smith is more of a blocking tight end. TJ Hawkinson is do everything. And, and I think the Gronk stuff is, you know, too far. Gronk's obviously much one. bigger. There's only one. <laughs> he's much bigger, and, and obviously he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, if you like Jeremy Shockey, but he's that, you know, and this is older people Older people remember is he's a Mark Bavaro type. Yeah. Um, the guy who catches the ball and will drag a bunch of people. He's also, you know, an ass kicker as a blocker, loves blocking. But to me, at least as, as it pertains to the Browns, and I know this will how this will come off to certain people, but um, he to me would take the take the role of Jarvis Landry and Darren Fells in a year. You're going to have both of those guys in one get in one player who's bigger and likely going to be faster than that. As Jarvis Landry is going to be, this is going to be his last season here. There's just no way around that. So if you're saying that TJ TJ Hawkinson needs a year, then he'll get a year. But then you'll have, you know, the most dynamic set of tight ends in the league. And he's a weapon for three different people. He's a weapon for Baker Mayfield. He's a weapon for Nick Chubb. And he's a weapon for Freddie Kitchens, who showed you when he took over. And, and you know, maybe maybe that will change, but I doubt it because he, he got into the NFL as a tight ends coach. Uh, that he wasn't afraid to use three tight end sets. And he wasn't afraid to do all kinds of different things. So a guy like a Hawkinson to me, would have you know, Freddie Kitchens drooling with all the different things he can do. But because he's so good at being able to play as an inline guy, that really frees up what Njoku can do. He can be more of a pure weapon as opposed to trying to be uh, you know, that traditional tight end. And certainly he can be that. But the question is, is that his best usage? And I just think Hawkinson is, you know, he just – spoils you with everything you could possibly want from that position. Well, and the thing with Njoku is, you know, because he is such a ridiculously good athlete, and I'm not saying Hawkinson isn't, um, do you want him, you know, you know, to the point where, uh, you know, maybe he's playing in the necks a little stiff or, you know, the shoulders a little raw, or do you want to say, and this is one that a lot of these, you know, you guys love and want to bring up, oh, we need that big guy on the outside. Oh, well, David Njoku can do that and run pr- with pretty much any wide receiver in the league. So, you know, it's basically, you know, enhancing the good of what David Njoku does. And TJ Hawkinson, obviously the stronger blocker, but still do everything else other than yes. And it does. It makes for it makes for a real fun conversation because, you know, other than maybe DK Metcalf, it, it comes with obviously some risk there. But, you know, if you give me a choice of any wide receiver in this class or TJ Hawkinson at 17, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I want TJ Hawkinson. It's only going to aid to the running game, and he, obviously he is not a slouch as a receiver by any means whatsoever. Um, guys, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, the Locked On NFL and Net uh, accounts are uh, present on both social medias. Um, so check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, Locked On NFL Net. You get everything from every host here. Uh, over th- uh, 39 total shows here on Locked On NFL Network. So check that out Locked On NFL Net, Twitter, and Instagram.
All right, Pete. So obviously, you know, a couple more here. But your thoughts here on Faint? Obviously, you know, we knew we were going to drill on Hawkinson, but uh, and it's weird because you know the season started and it was you know Noah Fant. Everybody was the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy, and kind of got upstaged by his teammate. Well, I, I think part of this was you know I, I don't know, and I, and I've heard uh, Matt Waldman make the case that basically they didn't really use Fant as much as they should have. Certainly, he he had a good career at Iowa, but you know I felt like. And he made the case, and I agree with it that you know there's still, you know there's still more there that they could have gotten out of him. Um, I think he is basically David Njoku. Uh, I think that's the type of player he is. I don't know if he'll test as well or those type of things, but you watch him. That is exactly the, the sense I get out of him. He's getting better as a blocker, but it's certainly an area he's got to get better at because they were spoiled with Hawkinson. They were able to use Phantom Space so much more and as a wing and those other things. Didn't have to put a hand in the ground, those types of things. Made it easier for him to block. Right. So, you know, I, I think he's a very nice player. Um, and, again, I, I'm not against the idea of you, you're saying, I, I really like David Njoku. I wouldn't mind having two of them. But I think that's really what, you know, the type of player he is. Uh, you know, very good. Uh, certainly could could easily go in the first round. And I wouldn't put it past a team like New England, who has such a, a a love for drafting tight ends under Bill Belichick, who certainly understands the value there for for grabbing a guy like him at the end of the at the end of the first round. No, I, I mean it totally makes sense, and you know, especially with a strong tight end class, uh, you know, Bill would certainly be licking his chops. But maybe it won't be in the first round because I think if we all had a better lives, Bill would not be making that selection at thirty two overall. Um, you know, another blocker here. I know this was a guy you wanted to see more of down, down in uh, Mobile. Um, I, I obviously didn't really light the lamp there, but uh, you're talking a guy you're probably going to get day three, and you're bringing a second tight end with some solid blocking skills uh, out of Boston College, Tommy Sweeney. Boston College, the likes to fight guys. Um, yeah, Tommy Sweeney's just a tough SOB. He likes to block. I mean, he, you know, when he, I got a chance to ask him, like, that was – you know, his sense was that, look, there, there just aren't a lot of guys who do this the way that, you know, the classic tight end. So he could make a name for himself as a blocker. I don't think he's a great athlete, but he did have tremendous production as a junior. Uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, he's he's a lot of like what you get from Darren Fells. He's a guy who's going to block his ass off. And, you know, occasionally you're going to find him open for, you know, 10, 10 receptions or whatever a year and three touchdowns. Uh, and he's going to be happy to do it. That has a value, and, and, and I love what Darren Fells has given uh, given the Browns, and, and the only shame of it is he's probably only going to be here one more year, uh, so it wouldn't be bad at all in my mind to go get a guy uh, to take over that type of role, which is you know what Tommy Sweeney is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like those type of guys, just – Tough sob gets in there and blocks, gives you everything he has. And 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 when I saw Tommy Sweeney, he was sort of lanky. I actually felt like he had room to keep adding uh, in terms of his, his his muscle onto his frame. He's uh, but he but he just gets in there and gives you everything he's got. What you're gonna get from any kid who comes out of Boston College University? Um, interesting name here. Uh, there's some good production to him. Caleb Wilson at UCLA. Um, drops, uh, obviously senior bowl, it didn't really work out for him well because those guys who usually come in last minute, they're put in a rough spot because uh, maybe they weren't preparing for it. Um, but his tape isn't bad and production's there. <coughs> he is 
really good at getting open at UCLA. He was phenomenal at finding space, using his body, and and, and coming up with with you know being the reliable pass catcher there. Like he was that you know that the the quarterback's best friend type. Um, you know, you talk to guys who follow UCLA like Brian Burns and 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 guys like him, and they all basically come back with the same thing. He's just not very athletic, uh, and and he's got injury questions. Um, I, you know, he's interesting, but I, I I he's this is you know at the combine is a or pro day is our, our big days for him to try to shed that label that he's slow because that's you know it's it's tough when you're not a big blocker and he's not you've got to be able to be athletic enough to to outshine what are, is increasingly you know that yoked up right wide receiver the tight ends uh, are, are 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 often becoming now so that's going to be a challenge for him yeah and this is certainly not the tight end class for him to be lumped up with because uh, a lot of these guys are going to test and they're going to test very well. Um, uh, another, when we had Matt, Matt Waldman on, you know, we asked for a tight end. He brought up uh, Trayvon Wesco uh, out of West Virginia. Um, guy's athletic for his size. Uh, with the ball in his hands, he's athletic. Uh, one thing I did like, you brought up the security blanket with more of the routes, but he was more of a, you know, blocking and was able to escape, you know, when a pocket brought broke, got broken, things of that nature. But another one here, I mean, another big, thick dude. Um, obviously wasn't asked to block a ton down in Morgantown, so that's something that's going to have to come with time. But he's interesting because a guy for his size he's got some real good athleticism. Right, and he, you know, they didn't use him much, uh, but he's another guy that got in there and gave you everything in. And, and in his case, you know, at least listed wise, he's up near two seventy, which is exactly what Darren Fells is. So stand next to Desmond th- Harrison, and you don't know which one's playing tackle. <laughs> So if you if you like that type of guy and you want another one, uh, then then Wesco may be the the guy uh, that gives you that. And, and, and if he can can do well athletically and in, in testing, he may convince teams that maybe he has some upside. There's still something there in terms of getting more as a as a receiving threat. But you know, with his body and his size, you know that te- te- that undersized tackle type look. Tends to be able to keep get a job and stick with a job in the league, even if it ultimately ends up being with like five teams over the course of ten years. Yeah. Now, and here's one other name I had highlighted I wanted to get to, and I think a lot of this is for the ranking of you know four to ten, or maybe even five to ten, if you're going to put Irv Smith and Stern Berger in those top four. Um, uh, Utah State, Dax Raymond. Obviously, I just like the name. Good name, but good player. Um, going to be interesting, you know, because, I mean, for him, week in, week out, it's, it's going to be a real step up in the competition. But Utah State's been turning out players as of late. Yeah, I'm big. Uh, I, I like him as well. Uh, him and then the kid from San Jose State are, are sort of in this mix. And Oliver. Josh Oliver, yeah. It's is basically, you know, regarded as basically one big muscle. But they're both space tight ends uh, that have been, you know, basically the, the go-to receivers at their respective programs. And... You know, these are guys who are both at the Senior Bowl. Both, I thought, showed well for themselves catching the ball and finding space and being able to create opportunities for themselves. They do what you want, you know, that 240-pound tight end to be able to do, which is use their strength and, and, and in this case, enough speed to be a mismatch and be a problem. And, and you know, again, if, if you move on from Seth DeValver or you want to keep four tight ends, which, you know, is the dream for me, these are the type they of guys. They did all year that, last year. 
these are the type of guys that give you that you know, you know that yoked up receiver presence uh, that can also be a utility guy. And, and if you're somebody who's like, uh, you know, looking at Orson Charles and, and he may not be back, if you're trying to get somebody who could potentially also give you a little bit of a, a blocking back look, these guys are the type of uh, type of players that might be able to give you some of that. And look, this is, and guys, I mean, there's probably five or six names we didn't mention, but we hit on at least a dozen of them here. This is, it's a crazy deep group. Uh, it's not going to surprise me if this ends up probably one of the greatest tight end classes ever. Um, we'll see if the position tends to continues to trend this way college football-wise. But this is a rare, rare class. And it, it, you know, it, the athleticism these guys have, the fact that they can still do functional tight end stuff, um, it's 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 a pleasure. And, and, you know, every year in a draft, it's you know every draft is a different story. Obviously, you know each each positional group's a chapter. It's weird when a tight end group is going to be one of the main focuses of an NFL draft cycle, but it's certainly going to happen this year. And I'm still all in. And you know, even though you know Pete choked it up and turtled up and couldn't do it for T.J. Hawkinson in his mock, but T.J. Hawkinson at 17. And I, I, the thing that doesn't surprise me is is I think John Dorsey can look at this type of guy and say, wow, here's a really, really good athletic tight end. And then the old school John Dorsey is going to look at some of these, you know, where they had two tight ends on one side, and him and uh, you know, Hawkinson and Fant just dropping dudes. And and the thing with TJ Hawkinson, and I always remember this from Jim Coburn years ago, he's the kind of guy that's going to knock you to the ground. And don't be an idiot and get up, because if you get up, he's going to knock you to the ground again. And that's TJ Hawkinson... And it's probably, and like I said, I don't think it's going to be even an option at 17. Um, you know, I think John Ledger just put him as his four overall player. Uh, I know Dane Brugler's been talking about the fact that there are three or four teams within the top 10 who think he's just absolutely everything you're looking for. But th- that's it. And, but this class and this group, so, you know, if it's not Hawkinson at 17, I don't know if there's a guy who really fits here at, at 17. But look, you still have, you know, three more picks uh, on day two. So one of those guys could fit in there. Uh, if you can't get Hawkinson, I, you know, if you're looking for something less, I think maybe not. I'd fill that guy, fill that void. So, but great, great group of tight ends, Pete. Right, and there's you know there's a few others that are interesting. Uh, you know, one one guy who will be a story uh, will be Keenan Brown at a Texas State. Uh, that you know, not I. He's a little shorter than you'd prefer, but he's very yoked up for you know that H-back type. But transferred from an SEC school, dominated Texas State. Certainly people will ask him about the transfer. Uh, and then another guy I, I, I'm kind of interested in would be uh, Drew Sample from Washington, another guy who didn't really pop there in terms of production. But again, you see him at the Senior Bowl. He looked notably fast uh, with great size. Um, and, and, you know, tight end historically is one of these positions where, you know, you can find some surprises, you know, obviously there's a history of taking a recent history, of taking basketball players, um, and popping them in and, and, and seeing them be successful. But there's just a lot of guys with athletic bodies and, you know, the, the, you, you might be able to get something because tight end is just such a difficult position in all the things they're being asked to do that, you know, it can take guys a few years to sort of figure it out and, and match the physicality of the NFL. Uh, but, yeah, my my personal view on it would be if you can't get Hawkinson, and, and I, I, 
I understand where he might go early. What what the scenario where I look at where he could potentially be there to say seventeen is basically all the teams in front love him, but they all have one player ahead of him. If you know, they're basically Hawkinson much much ba- or a much much bigger need. Right, like you know, they would take him, but he finishes second on whatever their spectrum is. Whether it's they've got to take a quarterback, they've got to take an offensive. I need a starting or, defense. I need a starting right. defensive tackle. Yeah, the, like that—that's the scenario where I could see it take place. I would love a tight end, but so, but if they can't get Hawkinson at seventeen, personally, I would wait till day three. Um, then you're you're trying to get more of a utility player uh, as opposed to a frontline guy. That is my which you, have, which you have a frontline guy, so right. That would be my sort of thought process with it, but you know. I, I'm very fascinated to see what they do, and it's specifically because of Freddie Kitchens and his history with that position and how much he's already shown to le- prefer, like and utilize that position that he may be, you know, nudging, you know, you know, be the guy who's sort of sticking his elbow into Dorsey when he sees a guy like Hawkinson and going, yeah, you know, I could, you know, he'd be great. He could be our, you know, he could be our Travis Kelsey type thing that's just, constantly in his ear that that maybe he does get a guy he would really like uh who's got two two safeties that can cover david njoku and tj hawkinson name me a team john name me a team john well that and and it's you look at the 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 afc north and like the current steelers cannot deal with tight ends uh i mean god god only knows we know the Bengals couldn't Right, and not only that, but I mean, how often are we talking about, or people, if you see Twitter or whatever, and, and, and people talking about the Browns defense, they're going, we can't stop tight ends. And the reality is, very few teams can, so get as many as you can possibly. I mean, the Bengals, you mentioned, look terrible at. The Ravens are basically, you know, pretty solid at, but even then, they've only got one real linebacker for it, so basically they're counting on their safeties to do everything, and you exploit that, and then you. You know, take advantage over the top with guys like Perryman and, and your receivers and got you know ways like that. So it's just, it's just a great way for a guy like Freddie Kitchens to put stress on defenses, which is what he seems to really love to do. And God knows he's shown the ability to scheme open guys and and let guys be playmakers. And so we'll see. But it's a great position, hugely valuable. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick. If if you're saying I want to be like what the smart, you know, the smartest coaches do, Bill Belichick has, since he's been coaching uh, the Patriots, has always had tight ends. So we'll see how Dorsey feels about it. But I, I, I'm very curious. This class certainly has a lot to offer. Could could really bolster this group and and just let David Njoku get even better. Who should you know potentially be ready for a Pro Bowl year uh, with more help. Uh, and yeah, I will obviously no doubt there. And, uh, David Njoku, you know, second half of the season, you know, week in, week out, you know, was, was putting up solid quality, quality numbers. Um, Pete, I can't believe I've gone this far. Uh, the breaking news of the day. And, uh, I know he was a favorite of yours cause, uh, he, he, he loved to mention the scouting report you wrote on him. Jalen Strong. I mean, you know, guys, I mean, if anybody was concerned, you know, look, I mean, if you wanted another wide receiver, I don't know if we can do it now. Major addition of uh, Jalen Strong, uh, I guess fourth year, maybe it's third year accrued. Uh, Jalen Strong, wide receiver, Arizona State, signed today. Um, guys, it's a kick the tires, camp body at best move. Yes, uh, and, you know, 
The tape was he, the tape wasn't bad, and then then you got more into the numbers and, and everything, and it was wow. Well, he looked good against maybe not the greatest competition, and yeah. Not well, much. the year he came out, he had a couple like games early in the year. We had like some spectacular go up and get it catches. I want to say I, people... I think it was the USC game because I actually did a uh, RSP film room with Matt Waldman on that game, and like me and Matt both kind of went in and we were like, eh, and then we came out of it, and the two of us kind of like, oh. Well, if, if you're going to use this game as a stick, maybe you got something here. So, like, yeah, it was definitely USC. So he goes and has that great game against USC, and people are like, oh, man, this guy could go in the first round. You know, you get into the numbers and you get into the tape, and, and, and you realize that, like, every catch he ever makes has to be like that because he can't separate. So he's, mm-hmm. he's a guy who has to make catches in traffic. And he, he not only could he not separate – He's been suspended uh, for for weed, and, and it may or may not have involved Demarius Randall. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Either, well, uh, either, look, either way, Demarius Randall to get suspended. Jalen yeah. Strong was once got the ticket and got suspended. But, yeah, so, <laughs> and then you know, most recently, Jalen Strong is coming off an ACL, which is probably why he's not playing in the AAF right now, because that would seem to be the place for him. As a, you know, as a as a bounce back opportunity. I mean, you look at guys like Jalen Marshall out of Ohio State down there bowling out and probably doing more for himself right now than Jalen Strong getting signed by the Cleveland Browns did today. Well, that, but the other part of it is I think there are guys playing in the AAF who are just better than Jalen Strong. And, and I Charles agree. Johnson. Right. Charles Johnson has been man amongst boys down there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kick-the-tire situation. Let's see what he can do coming back off the knee. Uh, I, you know, I, people are trying to make this into Brashard Perryman. I, yes, it's in the same vein, but it's not the same player. Like, Brashard Perryman was a legitimately – impressive athlete with a big build like Jalen Strong was an okay athlete a big bodied okay athlete who's now coming off major knee surgery like it's not I wouldn't get caught up in the in the thought process that you know well, the, and the other thing that was Brashard Perriman was getting open in Baltimore he just wasn't yeah. catching the freaking football <laughs> yes uh and obviously he had his own health issues but yeah I I, I don't think this goes very far but Joe, to the people who are thinking this, and, and we've talked about this, I didn't think Bershard Perryman was going to go anywhere. We, so, you know, the, maybe he comes and surprises us with Baker Mayfield. But this is like his third, uh, you know, obviously started with Houston. I know he's in ja- Jacksonville. Philly, I think too, right? Philly? Uh, he may have been on another team since I then. I want to say so, Philly. So this may be his fourth team already. So it usually tells you everything you need to know. And look, and the other thing with Bashard Perriman was is he was, you know, two and a half, you know, two and a quarter years removed from being a first round pick. Jalen Jalen Strong is now four years removed from being a number first seventy winner. overall pick. So yeah. yeah, the the thing that stuck sticks out to me is that dude got invited to the green room. And was there like this? I think he's oh. he's still the longest. I think he's now the you know the longest uh, green room wait, uh, waiting till seventieth pick. Yeah, he was definitely invited to the green room. Good lord, good lord, um, guys. So uh, look, we've given you some AAF. Uh, we've talked a little on the quarterbacks here going to Mobile. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, going to Indianapolis for the combine. Uh, Salem Novena, you know, thank the good lord above again for Baker Mayfield because. This ain't the year for quarterback, guys. It's it's just not the year. We've given you a tight end preview. We've covered the amazing breaking news of the day of the acquisition of Jalen Strong. I mean, I, I know that wide receiver room is just crumbling. Uh, 
with this acquisition as to who may lose a gig over this. Um, but we got to a lot of stuff here, uh, guys. Uh, Reed Pete's work over NFL Spin Zone. The Lockdown Browns Twitter account. We always keep it a follow-back account, so go ahead and follow over there. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Follow, uh, send me a follow over there. Uh, guys, please, the ratings, reviews, keep them coming. They always help with the show and its growth, You know, uh, pushing out to new listeners, all that stuff. Uh, I do appreciate it and thank you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB. Let's go, Browns.